0: Hello, and welcome to the Morozko Method Podcast. I am your host, Adrian Jezik. Here, we get to talk about our personal growth and the ways we can express our vulnerability through authenticity. I create a space for my guests to share their experiences with deliberate cold exposure, and we talk about changing our health and our lives to focus on wellness. I share my journey and yours, focusing on mental, emotional, and physical health. Together, we face the challenges of growth through discomfort. Join us as we biohack our way towards a better life. Hello, and welcome to the Morozko Method. I am your host, Adrienne Jezik. Here we get to talk about the things that make us uncomfortable, the things that make us feel vulnerable, and the challenges that we face. Today, I have a special guest with me, Beth Townsend. Beth, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Beth is not only a coaching client, she's also become a dear friend to me over the time that I've gotten to know her. And for those of you out there, I just want you to know, all of my sessions start with a bit of a gab sesh. You know, we talk about what we're going through, we talk about our challenges, and we find a way to set an intention for our practice that day. And some of the most enjoyable conversations I've had have been with Beth prior to our appointments. So I'm thrilled to be able to record this today and get some of our conversations um, imprinted in history, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. And it was really interesting the way I got to meet Beth. Now, you've all heard my episode with Shells Daniels. Super fun person. Really exciting way to uh, break into the cold. Shells had a birthday event, and Beth attended that birthday event and it was the first time she'd ever had any type of deliberate cold exposure, and it was the first time that she and I met. Beth, why on earth would you go to a birthday party for an I- with an ice bath?
1: Well, you know, I guess that's a good question. Um, I had talked with Shell back in November, and she'd said, I've, I've, I've been doing these ice baths, and I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. You know, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. And um and I said, you know, that's She goes, it's changed my life, my skin's amazing It's just, it's, I feel more focused I feel more centered, and I was like, wow That's that's amazing that just An ice bath can do that And so then the holidays came and went And uh, Shel's birthday is Sometime in January, and so she decided To organize this birthday event Where she Brought some of her friends in, we all got To have a two minute Ice bath with Adrian With you, <laughs> <laughs> And I was, you know, it's obviously it's kind of nerve wracking to think, okay, I'm just going to get an ice bath. And um, I remember Shell saying, this was as cold as it was when the Titanic sank and the people were in the ocean.
0: (gasps) I didn't know that.
1: (laughs) And I was like, okay, yeah, I don't want to think about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's really cold. I didn't even think of that.
1: And I was like okay and so then you know i think there were 11 people mm-hmm. at that party mm-hmm. everyone went in and i think i was the eighth i know i was the eighth person mm-hmm. and one woman went in and she came out and she was like it was like i died and i was like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> just don't say these negative things because i wasn't really nervous but you're a little nervous yeah I mean, you're a lot nervous you're a lot nervous and so then i was like you know but i've mind over matter like i you know i work on being try to be conscious and present moment practice and meditating and i say that i practice that but really i don't as much as i would like to think i do and so you know i can i can do this i can do anything for two minutes right people give birth i can do this yeah right Mm -hmm. so we go you know and it was we're there and you have a couple people like they're already in the sauna right when one person's already in the sauna that has gone through actually i think the woman before me yeah, the woman before me got in and screamed. And yes. she she
0: didn't sit down immediately? No, she did. Okay, She just chose to scream.
1: <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay, like this is making me nervous.
0: Which, so- by the way, at more than a thousand plunges that I coached at that point, that was the first screamer I ever had. <laughs> so that was really interesting.
1: And yeah, it was like... Ah. you know I was I I was I was more nervous and I went and I sort of hung out by the door you came in you got me my swimming suit ready to go and you know you did a but now I know is a kind of a normal technique for you to get people focused and calm and yeah I hypnotize you and Mm -hmm. yeah and then you get in and then I got in and I was I was following the directions because I like a template you know I like the directions you want to get in you know, and then basically just sit down immediately and then sit back mm-hmm. and sink your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I did those things and my life flashed before my eyes. Oh. And it was, um, you know, yeah, you hear how people have those rebirthing experiences because they've had some sort of traumatic event in their life. And yeah. then some people, some psychologists take them through that. that was, I felt like that's what it was. Like I felt like I was there for... A few seconds, but yet it seemed like three
0: hours. Yeah.
1: It was so intense. And I think I said, I've got to get out of here. I've got to get out of here now, now, now. Yeah. And I got out and then I wanted to have an immediately deep conversation with you. And you're like, we can't talk about this now. We can talk about it later. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I need to talk
0: now. <laughs> Which is really interesting, too, because that's another reason I do the sessions one on one the way that I do, mm-hmm. because it's a lot to unpack. Mm hmm. It's a lot to unpack. Yeah. And you were ready to talk. Mm -hmm. And I still had a few plunges to coach. Mm -hmm. And then when I came out, you were kind of sitting off in the corner, really quiet. Mm -hmm. And everyone was going around the room talking about their experience. When we got to you, you weren't ready. No.
1: I was like, it was intense. That's pretty much all I had to say. And I was like, let's go to the next person. Yeah. I was mortified in some way, like deep to my core. And... Um, when I actually got out and the next person went after me, Shells was waiting for me outside, and she's like, "You're as white as a sheet." I'm like, "Yeah, I didn't expect that." And then we finished, and my boyfriend lives close by, so I d- drove to his house. I walked in and I just started just bawling. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think I called him crying, and I was like, ah,
2: da, da, da. "You
1: know, I'm so upset," and he's like, "Why are you so upset?" And I'm like, "I don't know. It was um." I think I was really disappointed in myself that I couldn't do it. And I just, it just brought up all of these feelings that I didn't know what to do with, you know? And then he gave me a bowl of chili and then I left, went back to my house, that I slept like the dead. And then for the next week, I had zero anxiety. It was like I was on a pill or something. And I'm not, I'm not a person that has um, anxiety and, and many people do. And it made me think that week, oh my God, the people who have anxiety disorders, I feel for them because everything that's happening to me, whether it's, you know, any sort of silly negative thing that happens in your life, like you run out of gas or you don't have an onion to make dinner with or whatever it is, whatever it is. I just rolled off my back. Like I was floating all week long. And it was completely it was a direct result of that. 15 seconds of absolute panic. And I was thinking all week long, like, I need to do this again. I need to do this again. And I remember I wrote you an email later that night. Because Shell was like, right, Adrian, right, Adrian. She needs to know. You know, mm-hmm. she's developing her practice and you know, and her coaching practice. So she needs to know your experience. It's good for her. And I was like, fine. I was like, burp, burp, burp. and I just typed and typed and typed
0: and typed it's interesting, too, because this is something that I tell people to prepare for. Be prepared. You may feel floodgates of emotion. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason is when you do a two-minute ice bath, and even though you'd only had a few seconds, my, my first ice bath was only nine seconds, too. Mm-hmm. And it was enough to change my life and provide that reset. So when you're in a two-minute ice bath and you get that vagus nerve reset, you're smoothing over hardwired pathways of trauma. You're creating thousands of new ones in their place from a state of meditative calm, mm-hmm. right? When, when you go through your t- full two minutes, you breathe through. And I tell people this can open floodgates of emotion because you've just created a new s- space of safety within your brain. You just created a new space of safety within your emotional self. Mm-hmm. You now know that you have a different level of strength that you were not aware of before. It's empowering. When you feel empowered that way, our brains start to drop the veil a little bit. And they say, okay, glad you're really strong. We've got some things to go over. Mm -hmm. And I tell people to be prepared for that. And I always invite people to call me, text me, email me. I keep asking for carrier pigeons. I haven't gotten one yet, but I keep asking. (laughs) Put it out in the universe, right? Right. And it was... Really exciting. It was exciting for me to get your email, partly because you could not share the night of the event, mm-hmm. and it was a dramatic experience for you. Mm-hmm. And so it was important to me that you felt like you could reach out and share. Mm-hmm. Beth, do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are? Oh, what okay. your background is.
1: I am a professor at a local medical school here in um, the Greater Phoenix Valley, and. I'm a paleontologist. I've been doing uh, research on ancient climate change and uh, evolution of mammals and all kinds of things. And so that's my personal research. And I, I educate doctors. So I've been doing that since, oh gosh, a long time, like mm-hmm. since <laughs> 1998 or so, so um, for quite some time. And so um, I'm very interested in, you know, the body. Mm-hmm. And I I know quite a bit about it. Um, so I teach anatomy, and and so I I'm always interested in how we can hack the body. Mm-hmm. Um, considering how well I am, um, very interested and a big believer in biomedicine. I teach it, mm-hmm. but I also know how the sausage is made. Yeah, and so I I just think there's ways to enhance what we already know, and so. Yeah, I guess
0: that's a little about me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for sharing. I think it's important to know, you know, what our backgrounds are because they lead us to this, Mm -hmm. right? They lead us to this path of discovery Mm -hmm. along the way. And when you first did come to visit me for your first real full-on sensory appointment, and we sat and we talked a little bit, you were frustrated. Mm Mm-hmm. That you only lasted that many seconds And, and you know you can do this And mm-hmm. you know you're, you're today you're here And you're going to do this And that's what you did mm-hmm. Your very next ice bath You did two minutes
2: mm-hmm.
0: And you did your full two minutes and Then you did your sauna session You came back out and you did another two minutes yeah. yeah I was stoked I was stoked it felt great And then the sauna felt
1: great And I was just like I want to go back in
0: like, give me more.
1: Yeah. I needed
0: more. Instant ice addict.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And you were dealing with some health stuff when we first started seeing each other, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Something that I had also experienced, which is the excessive heartburn Yeah, that would not go away. Right. Under, under any circumstances, no matter what you were doing. Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, it's interesting. Like, I wanted to talk about this immediately after my my uh, first little 15-second seconds plunge Mm -hmm. but one of the things that i find interesting um and i think it's because i am a scientist is one of the things i noticed that scientists do is we like to put things in buckets like waste baskets we like to categorize things right Mm -hmm. and one of the things i find as i get older is age is one of those waste buckets or waste baskets that everything gets put in oh well this is happening to you because you're getting older and i'm like is that really true degraded age happens i get it right cell death happens things happens things change i totally understand that i really do i'm not trying to reject
0: that, that age causes things thing, yeah that, that process
1: but does everything really just the a in the age wastebasket i wonder so every you know everyone gets heartburn right mm-hmm. private sex everywhere you put on the Zoma television, the Larry the Cable guy's like, I got heartburn, but now I take this pill and I can eat hot wings again. You know, <laughs> and you're like, alright. But uh, why is this happening just out of the goddamn blue? Yeah. And then it doesn't go away. Yeah. And there's no way to manage it in a way that's not pharmaceutical Right. according to the 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 common knowledge. Yeah. Right? According
0: to medical professionals, the right. way to treat heartburn is Prilosec, Omeprazole. Mm-hmm.
1: And so I was just tired of it, you know, and I do the apple cider vinegar to make it go away to balance what's going on inside your gut tube and, but it still wouldn't go away wouldn't go away. And I was, um, you know, eating so many Tums a day and my preference actually is for the target style Tums over the actual Tums because they taste better. I mean, like that's where I was at. Like I had a, I had a, you had it dialed in. Yeah, completely, you know. And, um, so I had that heartburn issue. I, w- I was struggling with a weight issue. I was doing, you know, the keto and the paleo and things and not, not really having great success and basically just miserable. Every time I ate, I, I didn't want to eat and mm-hmm. I like to eat. Yeah. You know, I like to cook. I like to eat.
0: And so, yeah, I was struggling with that as well. So, so you had, you had some purpose. You mm-hmm. had some reason that mm-hmm. you're like, you know, it's not just I'm going to put myself in an ice bath just to see what happens. You're like, hey, I have some things I want to work on here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is the answer. Right. 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 And then, and then we do the cold immersion. We do the plunge. And it's like, well, I don't remember what the question was, but this is definitely the answer.
1: You know, it's – yeah, it is. And you know why? Because it's my fear – has been controlled like I know I can have fear and then say okay yeah that's scary but you need to do this anyway you know whether it's um, eating a certain way or um, getting in the ice bath you know because it's scary every time every time every time
0: and gosh I've done you you counted today 11 11 11 full sessions, which is actually for bath, like two, two ice baths per session. Mm -hmm. And today you did six and a half minutes in the ice Mm -hmm. at about 35 degrees. And then you did 20 minutes in the sauna. And then you did seven minutes Mm -hmm. in the ice at about 35 degrees, Mm -hmm. which, and you did a head dunk. You've been doing head dunks for the last five sessions Mm -hmm. at the end, which is a totally different experience. That's a totally different type of fear. And today you looked at me. Right before you did your head dunk, you were like, oh, wait, oh, wait, I got to do my head dunk. Mm -hmm. Like, you didn't say it, but I saw that look in your face Mm -hmm. that was like, oh, I almost stood up without a head dunk. What was I thinking? (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. No,
1: it's, it's amazing to me how the cold, it just, it's, it like irons out all of the stuff that's building up in our bodies, Mm -hmm. literally and figuratively. Yeah. You know? like our bodies are sponges. You know, yes. we don't think about that. You know, like it, it is a meat suit. It's a spongy meat suit. I like that. <laughs> yes, we are all just a bunch of
0: spongy meat suits.
1: And yeah. so the sponge needs to be squeezed out. Otherwise, you just have this water and this fluid and this interstitial fluid just that just is collecting, mm-hmm. you know, and then when you freeze yourself and then the blood comes back in and squishes
0: everything out. It's so good for you. Is squoosh a medical term? I feel like it should be. It is. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's not really well known, but that's
0: okay. Hey, those in the know. (laughs) So how's the heartburn now?
1: I um, have had, in the since
0: mid April, I've had two tums. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you've had a couple of months now Mm -hmm. where I can eat comfortably comfortably and not worry about it you know what are some of the other changes you feel on the day after your plunge or the day after your session
1: well I always sleep really well oh yeah I gotta love that and then you wake up refreshed and mm-hmm. like very energetic much like shell said you do feel more focused and after the plunge especially for the first few days because I typically come every other week mm-hmm. you feel I feel like like it's my anchor point mm. it's my mental anchor you know if it helps me push through it's making me this is going to sound so corny but it's making me the person that i always knew i could be oh okay. because now it's like okay like there's all these things that you want to do in life but then you, you put off or you say can't or man and because we're busy or we are tired, and it's like just push through this one time just push through Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's like, for God's sakes, you sit in an ice bath with, you know, the tips of your fingers tingling because they're freezing Mm -hmm. and your knees aching because they're freezing. But it's a good ache because you know that afterwards, actually won't ache when you're in gravity walking around outside. Mm -hmm. So it's healing. So if you can do that, you can do another load of laundry, even though it's eight o'clock at night and you don't want to.
0: Yeah. Like, and if you you can do that, you can keep a plant alive. Right. You can keep (laughs) a plant alive. (laughs) Yeah. If you, know, you do that, you can paint your wall orange. Exactly. Yeah. Or you can rip the carpet out of your bedroom. Or you can rip the carpet out of your bedroom. Right. Like it gives you, it gives you that perspective mm-hmm. of not knowing what you were capable of doing. Mm-hmm. You know, coming up, it's always easier to come up with an excuse why yeah. we don't do what we do. It's mm-hmm. very easy to come up with excuses. Mm-hmm. Doing the thing sometimes seems like the hard part. Mm-hmm. And I think what deliberate cold exposure teaches us is that, We're already in the hard part. Doing the thing is just doing the thing, whatever the thing is. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: That's not the hard part. That's just the thing you do. And I think you nailed it when you said, well, I'm going to do another load of laundry, even though it's eight o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even make plans Monday through Friday because while I'd already worked eight hours, I've already sat in traffic for two and a half to three hours. I'm spent. I've had enough I'm not doing it. Whatever it is, I'm not doing it. The answer is no. And it got to a point where for a long time, if anyone ever asked me to do anything, I had such a fast and automatic no, Mm -hmm. ready to go, locked and loaded Mm -hmm. to protect me from what? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Protect my energy, I think. And then when I discovered deliberate cold exposure, it's like, well, I'll go home today, I'll get there at about 3.30. I've got a 4 o'clock call. I know I have just enough time to hop in a two-minute ice bath. My call lasts an hour. I have plans for dinner. I know that I'm going to be able to get through the rest of the day because I know that I have a two-minute ice bath planned in there. Mm -hmm. And it's invigorating. Mm -hmm. And we were just talking about this too, about how, you know, in, in the spirit of talking ourselves out of things, like when you think of going to work out, And you think, well, I got to have all my gear and I got to muster up the energy and, you know, I'm really tired because I already went through my day and I just don't have it in me today, but I got to pull it out of somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of an ice bath. It's passive. All you have to do is show up and sit down.
1: Yeah. For two minutes. And you know, the nice thing about being in the cold, besides all the healing, is you're forced to be present.
0: And... Therefore, it's meditative, you know. So you meditate in the cold. I agree with this. Mm-hmm. But you say you meditate in the cold. Well, you have to. You
1: have to be present. And meditation is present moment mind focus. Right. And um, particularly, as you say, you help to hypnotize us, which mm-hmm. is assisted
0: meditation. Yeah. Right? We all know I can't make you cluck like a chicken. Right. You have to be ready for this.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. Um. But you, you, so you're assisted Right. Mm-hmm. With that meditative state. So you're ready to, to start be, being present. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you get in the cold and then you have to think. You have to focus. And like so. so sometimes I'll close my eyes and, you know, we yeah, all do this when you close your eyes. You see little colors, whatever they are. Yeah. or Little dark shapes. Yeah. yeah. Little dark yeah, shapes, yeah. little
0: colors, whatever it is.
1: And I'll focus on one or I'll think of something in my head. And I'll focus. And you're on pointing
0: that. to your third eye. When you're doing that, <laughs> You're pointing to your third <laughs> <I am>.
1: eye. <laughs> I'm touching my third eye right here. And I'll, and I'll and I'll think of something like glowing or moving or something. And you have to be present, you know. And that's and you're thinking about passive, passive versus extreme. You know, the reason people do extreme sports like mountain climbing, um, base jumping, ultramat, all of that stuff. Is because they get to live in the moment. Because we're not living in the moment in our everyday lives. We are on autopilot. We're easily distracted. Exactly. Mm Because we want to be. Yeah. You know, that's why. And, you know, it's so interesting. I mean, let's just, let's unpack this. You and I started doing this right as COVID started. Yep. And all the way through here we are still in the pandemic.
0: Beth, by the way, is the only client that continued to come see me. Despite the pandemic. I had to come. You had to. I had to. For your sanity and your health. Mm -hmm. I needed that. Mm -hmm. I needed to be able to continue coaching for my sanity and my health. It was, it was,
1: was and necessary. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well,
0: we were supposed to meet. We
1: were. So here we are. Here we are. But that's it, right? Like it allowed presence to manage this craziness. Mm -hmm. right and instead of hanging on the side of a rock wall on two little nubs of rock which is fun i mean i've done it right we've all done that most of us have who knows who hasn't i don't care point is it's not like you're when you you're not going to fall off Mm -hmm. you're not going to you know not land that Mm skydive the wrong way Mm -hmm. you're just going to be really fucking cold
0: and present yeah it's interesting you say that too because of known base jumpers and skydivers and thrill seekers. Mm -hmm. And there's a pattern, you know, it's like, it's like chasing the dragon. Like you're always looking for that first initial jump. You're Mm -hmm. always looking for that, um, that feeling that you get when the world comes out from beneath you for that ultimate presence. Mm -hmm. And when you do things like that, you're not doing anything to put it back in. Mm -mm. So there isn't anything so you're doing that, you're, you're extreme, you've got your adrenaline, you've got your cortisol, like everything's pumping, and you're not putting anything back, which is partly why they continue. I need to do this more, I need to do this more, I need to do this more, because that's how I get that feeling. I believe the biggest difference with the ice is it's putting things back. You get that extreme, you get that presence, and you get a surge of norepinephrine, and you get a surge of dopamine. And it's different because you haven't just spent all your adrenaline and cortisol going through that. Mm -hmm. You're focusing on that norepinephrine and dopamine, the brain is. And then in turn, after developing this as a regular practice, you're increasing that serotonin uptake. So you're doing it without the chemicals that can sometimes inhibit the serotonin uptake. Mm -hmm. And you're not overproducing any stress chemicals like the cortisol. You don't have that diminishing return, I think, I, I that could, you do of the thrill seeker sports. I completely agree with you
1: because, because of the active mindfulness mm-hmm. where instead of like holding on to the side of a, a rock wall where you have to be focused and technical and you have to think, 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 you can be conscious and, and present and breathe, which is the meditative part, which is the restorative part. Mm-hmm. As you're getting all this wonderful, you know, chemical dump from mm-hmm. your nervous system. And it's, it is so important um, in a way that sometimes I think, I feel very fortunate that I can come do this, right? And, you know, you have a beautiful space and you create a sensory environment that is nourishing and healing using the, the bells, bell bowls that you do, the vibrations are wonderful. Um, they really just resonate as as they're happening, whether you're in the bath or in the sauna. I, and I've told you this, I told you today, and I'll probably tell you again, you know, it's like being in a temple where you have the sacred space to restore yourself. Mm-hmm. And we don't take time for that in right. any culture, I mm-hmm. think. I mean, you know, I'm a pretty educated person, been traveled a lot. I don't think there's any cultures that really do that, that sit and restore,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. Even when we're in the gym, Mm -hmm. almost always you've got a screen or a tablet or your music or something going on Mm -hmm. to distract you from what it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't just go to a gym and work out. I need... The music or I need the audiobook or I need to be doing something while I'm doing something. That's mm-hmm. I feel like that's our culture to a T yeah. American culture. Mm-hmm. I need to be doing something while I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. And during these experiences, during our one hour sessions, there are no phones. There are no screens. The only clock in the room is on my wrist. Mm-hmm. I am so in tuned to what an hour is. It's dialed in. We've got time to talk. Time to plunge, time to sauna, time to plunge, time to talk, time to wrap it up. Mm -hmm. And that whole time, you have the opportunity to be present because you know that I will tell you when the hour is up.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't
0: have to think about a thing. Mm -mm. You don't have to be anywhere. We're not rushing. Every once in a while, I have a client come in late, and they're like, oh, Harriet, and I'm late, and blah, 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 And the first thing I do is say, we're just going to breathe. Mm-hmm. You're here now. You are no longer rushing. You are exactly where you need to be. And then, even for those people that are perpetually 15 minutes late, all of a sudden, are on time. Mm-hmm. And they're on time, and they're not rushing to be on time. They're just doing the thing. I'm just here to do the thing i'm in the next step to do the next thing mm-hmm. and i understand this i used to get a flat tire and lose my absolute utter shit right because it ruined my day and now my schedule is ruined and everything's ruined and i'm not going to get anything done and mm-hmm. that's how i feel and that's not the reality right this happened to me a couple of weeks ago for the very first time i had a day jam-packed full of errands and i got a flat tire And it was the easiest experience I've ever had. Three hours top to bottom by the time I called the tow truck and the teenager came to pick me up because I couldn't be in the tow truck cab because of COVID and Mm -hmm. dropped me off at discount, got my new tire. And not once did I get upset. Not once did I lose my patience. I was just like, oh, now I have a flat tire. I'm going to pull over. Oh, my car's out of roadside warranty. That happened within the last 60 days. I'm gonna order AAA. Oh, I'm a new AAA member. I just ordered it from my car and there's a 48 hour hold. <laughs> oh, there's a fee I can pay so I can get a tow truck today. I'll pay the fee. And it just was one step to the next step to the next step. And even though it's not, I mean, this is something that I'm never going to have fully dialed in, mm-hmm. right? right? Sometimes I'll still lose it when I break a dish or Absolutely. stub my toe or whatever. But this is the first time in my life. I got a spoke in a wheel and I was able to just ride it out. Right. And everything I had for that day got scheduled for the next day. And then I even went and did some thrifting. I was like, you know, today's shot. I'm going to go to Goodwill. Right. I'm going to go find some treasure. And I did. And it was wonderful.
1: Isn't it? It's just like, like, it just has given me some strength that I assumed I had, Mm -hmm. then realized I didn't when I first got in that bath the very first time. (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) I know. And then, now I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, I can do this.
0: That's just the thing right now. Yeah, and
1: I can do all these other things now, Mm -hmm. you know? And... And getting back to the science part of things, you know,
0: from recommendation I read, I I am still reading the What Doesn't Kill Us book. Ooh, by Scott Carney. Yeah, you guys pick up a copy of that. What Doesn't Kill Us by Scott Carney.
1: And I love, you know, because my background, my, my PhD is in biological anthropology. So, you know, I have like an interest in all kinds of things with different cultures and whatnot, and also human evolution and yada, yada. I really love the story at the beginning where he talks about oh, I forget the name, that Native American who first came to talk to the pilgrims and he was just like, it's winter and he's just wearing a loincloth. Right? (laughs) Was it Samoset or something?
0: I don't remember the name
1: at all. I just remember the story. And then talks about like how, you know, then Wim Hof is saying, hey, you know, like we have all these blood vessels that are basically flabby. Mm -hmm. Your blood vessels are flabby. And I was like, damn, you know what? He's right. Like we are so like... We are so coddled
2: mm-hmm.
1: in our in our lifestyles that we um, we are it, it's harming our health. Yeah. And so why isn't science looking into that? And I'll tell you something, I know why. Because I'm a scientist, I have lots of scientist friends and colleagues, mm-hmm. and I find that sometimes scientists, sorry if you're all listening, are a little closed-minded. It can happen. It can, you know, mm-hmm. and the and so they're not. And they're like, oh, they, they would rather take the little white pill than I don't know. Explore energy. Explore energy or drink a crazy, nasty-tasting tea that has the same chemicals Elijah. as a little white pill. Ugh. Yeah, right. And um, I. Love that. And I don't know if I told you. I think I told you that after like our, my sec- our second or third session, I started getting into my pool at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you did tell me that. To do more cold exposure just to kind of
0: keep it up because that made me feel so good. Because it doesn't have to be 32 degrees. You don't have to be surrounded by ice to get benefits of cold. Think about back to when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And mom says it's too cold to go swimming. You see the sun shining. You're convinced that means it's warm enough to go swimming. Technically, there's no snow on the ground. Mom, I just want to go swimming. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going swimming. Going swimming. Or like, you know, when you're kids and the sun starts to go down and the pool's getting colder and it's getting colder outside. And you're all blue. Mm-hmm. We were, we'd were we be blue and shivering and chattering. But five more minutes. Five more minutes. Five more minutes. Right. And you always felt so good. You do. You do. And I think of it like that. It's Uh like being a kid again, Uh swimming in the cold water. Yeah, I don't care that it's cold. I get to go swimming. Uh I get to be in water. Uh And our brains are designed for that. We are designed to pull life sources from water. Water is our life source. Uh Water heals us. Water hydrates us. Water cleanses us. Water is a life source. Mm-hmm. So even if it is 60 degrees or 50 degrees, if you're in there for 20 minutes or 10 minutes or however many minutes you can be in there, your body's gonna start to want to shiver. Mm-hmm. And when you start to enact that shiver reaction, that shiver response, you're doing something. Mm-hmm. And then by breathing through that and not allowing your body to shiver. You're changing yourself on a physical level. Mm-hmm. You're activating that brown fat, that brown fat that we don't touch from the time we're babies. Right, right. We're going from climate-controlled environment to climate-controlled environment. No wonder we're all freezing at seventy degrees. Right,
1: right. I used
0: to be the same way. Mm-hmm. When people look at me and say, "Oh no, no, no," I hate the cold. I hear you. Mm -hmm. i hear you loud and i hear you clear and i remember what that was like Mm -hmm. i remember my arrested development every single time i got cold
2: Mm -hmm.
0: whether i was sitting in a restaurant about to eat and i couldn't eat because i couldn't function because i was cold Mm -hmm. and i couldn't concentrate or i'm outside at a concert or something and i can't concentrate because i'm cold and it's painful and it's an emotional discomfort more than it's a physical discomfort mm-hmm. and i didn't even realize that at the time mm-hmm. so i sit here before you today a sun baby grew up in florida lived in hawaii phoenix summers y'all are still my favorite three years into a cold practice here and phoenix summers are still my favorite time of year i no longer get angry at the cold it's just what it feels like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is just what cold feels like and we have lost the ability to sit with those uncomfortable sensations we have found a fix an answer a a resolution for any possible amount of discomfort we don't want to feel girl you want to just take that and and apply
1: it to every single
0: thing in our society people don't like to be uncomfortable you don't want to be uncomfortable i mean yeah They don't want to be uncomfortable. And I'm learning. So this book I'm reading now called Complex PTSD by Pete Walker. I highly recommend it. Go out and get a copy today. Grab a box of tissues and a journal. You're going to need it. He talks about that level of comfort. For some of us, we've gone through so much trauma in our lifetimes Mm -hmm. that we cannot fathom bringing in discomfort on purpose. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? I just went through damn near 40 40 years of trauma and discomfort and and painful experiences you're telling me that i'm gonna choose discomfort Mm -hmm. as opposed to finding a way to make my life as comfortable as possible to make up for all of that trauma Mm -hmm. yeah yeah find a way to choose discomfort find a way to sit with it because if you can sit with this physical discomfort your whole mind will expand yeah traffic will no longer be an issue Mm -hmm. i remember when i started my cold practice i was still commuting two to three hours a day and i've been in some pretty gnarly car accidents i have a reaction still when near misses happen Mm -hmm. just yesterday i screamed at the top of my lungs because i almost saw two cars collide but i used to just get angry i used to just drive home and drive to work every day just angry At all the stupidity I would see. And because I'm sitting in this car and I'm not doing anything. I was listening to audio, audible books. But when I started deliberate cold exposure, I was like, this is just extra time. This is extra time I get to sit with myself. This is extra time I get to practice calm. This is extra time that I just get to be Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and exist. So what if it takes me almost two hours to get home in Phoenix traffic in an afternoon. So what? I'll get there when I get there. Yeah. Now my commute is bedroom to to office, you know, so that's not bad at all. Or I come here to the spa. I still have that emotional reaction. Sometimes when I see a near miss Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and I'm not flying off the handle, bringing in all those angry chemicals every time someone cuts me off or every time, you know, Maybe I make a stupid mistake. We're all guilty. Mm -hmm. If you've never made a mistake while driving, you don't drive. Right. So it's allowed me a different level of perspective
2: Mm -hmm.
0: on the time that I'm given. Mm -hmm. So when I had a flat tire and I'm stuck on the side of the road the other day and there wasn't really anything I could do, I just didn't. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, well, this is an opportunity for me to sit. You know, I remember you telling me
1: that when you started doing this, how it just shifted your whole reactionary part of your life right and I'm finding the same thing too like I'm finding myself less willing to start a fight mm-hmm. less willing to get super upset we just had a thing at work yesterday where I we had the four of us on this kind of you know subcommittee of a subcommittee and I and I someone wanted someone wanted to do something and I and I was adamantly opposed. i'm like i'm the hard no on this i don't want to do this and the, then the person who wanted to do this one thing sent an email and here's why i want to do this and, and beth doesn't want to do this and i'll let her explain herself and i was like yes it's true i i am opposed and here's why
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then you know it was he sent some super strong rebuttal and i just didn't even read it i just i just sort of scrolled through it I saw that he had at least five sentences or more for each one of my points and I was like I have no energy to read this Mm -hmm. no desire it's clear where this is going I'm outvoted. no big deal meh no big deal yeah all right you know go for it I hope everything works out the way you you plan Mm -hmm. um so yeah and it's just like before I would have been like you know mentally masturbating this like I should have said this or I should have said this
0: how could I have been more convincing how could I have been this blah but and and I think I think what you're talking about too and Scott Kearney talks about this in what doesn't kill us he calls it the wedge mm-hmm. right we are learning to create a space between the thing that is happening and our response to it and for me quite particularly over the years my MO has been To take everything personal, Mm -hmm. always personal, you know, that we're in COVID, that person didn't hug me, it's because they don't like me, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, oh, they're standing six feet away, I feel so personally attacked, you Mm -hmm. know, and I still do that sometimes. I do also notice that I have this whole other ability to remove my personal defense from the situation. I remove my feeling offended. Mm-hmm. I remove my defensiveness. Or as soon as that defensiveness pops up, I go, Ooh, Adrian, why are you feeling defensive? Mm-hmm. And it almost becomes like a third party conversation with myself. Adrian, why do you feel so defensive? Why would you take that personal? Mm-hmm. How are you so important? (laughs) How are you so important (laughs) that all of these things revolve around you? But it's not that I'm not important. It's just that think about it. Think of how we go throughout our lives. We're not thinking of other people. No, no, not at all. We're not looking at other people. I'm not watching you eat, Mm -mm. talk, act, live, Mm -mm. breathe. I'm focused on me. Right. So if I'm focused on me, it's pretty safe for me to assume that you're focused on you. Right. And what you say and do doesn't actually have anything to do with me. Right.
1: And frankly, my opinion of you is kind of none of your business. Yeah. It's in my head. Uh huh. I mean, unless I want to sh- share it with you and make it your business, but really, you shouldn't be worried about it and I shouldn't be worried about what
0: you think. Or if I am, I can ask. You could. If I am ever, this is the most beautiful thing that I have learned about taking things personally and being defensive. You know, and and Jonathan Haidt The Righteous Mind talks about, you know, like, we have a choice. Mm -hmm. I can just ask, hey, what did you mean by that? Mm -hmm. Hey, I don't understand. Will you clarify? Wow. Yeah. Talk about an enlightened perspective. Not only do I not have to make every little thing about me, but when I'm confused, I have this thing called a mouth and this thing called the English language. And I can remain curious and I can ask questions. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those questions directed at me, why are you afraid? What are you afraid of? Why are you defensive? Why Mm -hmm. are you making this about you? And sometimes it's questions I can ask someone else. Sometimes it's my partner.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: When you do this, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And I know that some things don't look on you the way they look on me. Mm -hmm. Will you explain this to me? Mm -hmm. Or, hey, what does anger look like on you Mm -hmm. what does sadness look like on you Mm
2: -hmm.
0: we can do so much by taking a pause reflecting on our emotions reflecting on our knee-jerk reactions and saying where's that coming from right is it even necessary now there's this whole new perspective that the ice has given me Mm
2: -hmm.
0: about the energy that i have and how much effort i want to put into things I don't have to walk around upset and angry all the time. No. I don't have to walk around half cocked all the time. I had no idea that's what I was doing. Living in a constant state of fight or flight, living as a fighter, not as a warrior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The warrior is peaceful, the warrior reserves the energy. Right. The warrior only fights when fighting is the only answer. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is a resolution. The fighter always has the gloves on,
2: mm-hmm.
0: is always ready to throw down, doesn't even need the reason. You say, go, I'm already there. Right. I am learning to put that fighter to bed, make room, more room for that peaceful warrior. And this practice is what helps me with that. If I go too long without an ice bath, it's the first thing that I start to notice is I get bristly. Mm. and irritated just Mm -hmm. like I just get really irritable and then I'm like "All right, well how long has it been since you did an ice bath you know how sometimes you wish you had a button you could push for a reset on life Mm -hmm. it's called two minutes at 32 degrees I, I completely I completely concur wholeheartedly
1: total soulfully totally this is the most it calms your shit down it really refocuses you so like thinking about when shell told me back in november we were at the Lux cafe having just having a catch-up when she told me about the ice bath she's like i'm more focused and i'm like you know what does that mean like i'm thinking oh you can focus on your work more like oh I can get yeah we time. think
0: of it as like an immediate
1: physical state but it's just like calming your shit down mm-hmm. and not worrying so much about the everything else Getting so, like even today, like in the ice bath that we just finished, like I told you after my first plunge, I was like, man, it was like I was floating in space. You know, it's like, dude, it's like that.
2: It's It's like that. It's like that. It's like
0: that, man. Yeah. It is. And so here's something funny. My friend Lynn, and I've known Lynn for a dozen years at least, We knew each other in our Mm mid-20s back when we were still single and partying and I was coming off a divorce and, you know, we're throwing barbecues and going out dancing on Friday and Saturday nights. And I was for sure a different person Mm -hmm. at that time in my life. I feel like I've been eight versions of myself this month alone. Mm -hmm. So I've had tremendous growth since that time in my life, but definitely a concentrated amount of growth over the last few years, discovering the cold. Lynn and I had kind of gone our separate ways over the last, you know, five, 10 years, Mm -hmm. loosely remained friends. And she has taken on this new found love of the self and healing the self and taking care of the self. And so she came to see me for for a session Mm. and we've done a few sessions together now. And she says, I don't remember you talking like this. And at first I was like, well, yeah, I definitely I didn't talk like this, and then we I was like, wait, like wait, tell me what you mean by that, like because right. immediately I got defensive, and I'm thinking, well, what did I talk like? Mer, mm-hmm. mer, mer. I'm like, well, I know what I talked like. I was aggressive, mm-hmm. I was dramatic, I was expressive, I was filled with all of this energy, and now when she and I talk, it's it's intentional, mm-hmm. you know, it's that energy placement, it's that what do I want to say how do I say it with clarity and how do I say it in a way that gets my message across and you hear it and mm-hmm. you hear that message
2: mm-hmm.
0: and she's like yeah I just don't remember you talking like this you just talk slower and calmer and this is kind of how you talk all the time now and I'm like well yeah I mean I get excited I right. still get excited right right but again, with that energy placement, we have a choice,
1: you know. And you brought up intention, mm-hmm. right? And that's something until until I started doing this and actually speaking with you about intention, I kind of thought it was bullshit. Ooh. Well, because, you know, like intention makes sense. Like I, I intend to do X, Y, or Z. I set a goal. I do this. Oh, yeah. It's so yeah, on like,
0: every poster I see in every live, laugh, love environment there is. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And everything's so, about intention now. Right.
1: And so um, so I was like, you know, what does that mean? And so I know what it means now. And I know that intention works. And that's the thing that's been so revolutionary about this, this experience and this process is like you have this intention for this thing where you dump your body and some fucking cold water and by god the intention works you have intention for your day or for that moment in your day or whatever it is and it actually works it's hippy dippy it's something that like i said i'm i am a scientist you know it is something that sounds like some crystal worshipping bullshit from that's hung around since the mid 70s where we're all eating carob mm-hmm. and goat milk yogurt okay
0: yeah <laughs> and, and but it, it it
2: it's for real
1: it's for real folks because
0: because we can talk about it and we can learn about it but until we do it we don't understand it as a practice right right? So like you can even talk about breath work and until you do it, you don't understand it as a practice. Mm -hmm. So where do we get to be intentional in our life as a practice? I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know what it felt like. I didn't know what it was until I did it. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it until I breathed through two minutes in freezing water. So I think that The reason other things in life become more intentional as a result of this practice is because we're learning how to do it physically. Yeah. Really, truly physically for the first time. Mm -hmm. And you have to do it with the mind. You have to do it with the body. You have to do it with your emotional soul, whatever you want to call that. Mm -hmm. It all works in tandem. Yeah. To be fully present. It's the only way. Mm -hmm. But then we know what it feels like. Right? Right. Like one of the things I say when you're in there is this is what cold feels like. Mm -hmm. Because until we do it, until we have that physical experience, we don't know how to recreate it. Mm -mm. So you're creating a muscle memory of intention. You're creating a a mental memory of intention. You're creating an emotional memory of intention. Mm -hmm. So when you do leave the cold... You still know what it feels like, right? Right, right,
1: dude. I just had a moment because <laughs> you know you, you when when you're right. Exactly, it. It's that. It's that intention. You have the muscle memory of the mental, you have, and then that your subconscious starts to know. Right, because what do all of the the neurobiologists tell uh, tell us? The neurophysiologists tell us they tell us that that subconscious is the only way you're going to make like having that control of subconscious, having that imprinting on the subconscious, is on the, the, the only,
0: parasympathetic nervous system,
1: is the only way you make that change. Yep. Right. So you can meditate. Mm-hmm. Right, which is what happens ultimately mm-hmm. in the in the ice bath. Um, and you can meditate and you can, you know, bring your brain waves down. Cause that absolutely happens. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in some sort of like theta state maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get there and you start to make these positive mental changes at a subconscious level because of that intention and goddamn it just works.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the memory we're we're creating. That's the Mm -hmm. physical sensation that we're creating so that when I'm going about my life and that car cuts me off, Mm -hmm. I get to take a pause and say, all right, am I reactionary? Am I defensive? Am I angry? Am I reacting to this? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to put myself back in that intentional state? Ooh. I'm really glad that didn't turn into anything.
2: Yeah.
0: Ooh. I hope that's not a brand new teenager driving because I know what that's like, too. (laughs) You know, I have a lot more compassion. Mm -hmm. I have a lot more room for compassion Mm -hmm. and for empathy when I'm not constantly on the defense. Yep. And I'm learning how to do that because I'm learning what it feels like to be intentionally Mm -hmm. intentional. Mm -hmm. I have created that physical memory. In my subconscious, in my conscious, in my physical body, in my mental body, my emotional body, all of it working in tandem so that I remember what the physical feeling is like and how to bring it about. And this is partly why I tell people that when you're in the cold and you get that surge of norepinephrine and dopamine and those effects last for hours, I tell people you can learn through this practice how to activate that outside of the cold
2: mm-hmm.
0: you're training your brain if i teach you the proper way to hold a dumbbell in your arm and do a bicep curl in perfect form you are creating a kinesthetic muscle memory awareness mm-hmm. of what that feels like so when you go off and do it on your own you're going to be able to pick up that dumbbell follow proper form and get a great bicep curl mm-hmm. well that's what we're doing in the ice mm-hmm with our brains and our hearts and our bodies, we are guided, we are in the moment, we are present, we are creating this memory of this experience of the power that we have to go through this experience, despite the tingling in the fingers, mm-hmm. despite the random cramping in the joints, despite all of the discomfort, mm-hmm. we're creating this physical memory of how to bring it back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the more we do it, the better we get. Yeah. The more times I practice that fully formed bicep curl, the better I'm going to do it.
1: I love this so much. <laughs> I just love doing this so much. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's shocking to me how just the benefits that have come from it, they, they're all unexpected. And they really have been life-changing.
0: And you, know? and you say that to me with this look of disbelief because it doesn't feel like it ought to be possible. Right. It doesn't feel like it's possible for cold water to have such an impact mm-hmm. on our brains. And we were even talking before I hit record. There's another physical sensation that you've noticed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's that pounds are melting away. Yeah. And there's no other way to say it is there Mm -mm. than melting. Yeah. That somehow the ice melts fat. And I can explain it. It's your brown fat. You are growing your brown fat. You do not shiver. Seven minutes. And you fought that shiver. I did. From the minute you got out until I don't know when it left you, but you stopped fighting it. Mm -hmm. You're fighting that shiver. You're growing your brown fat. Your brown fat's turning white fat into energy. And pounds are melting. There's another reason that pounds start melting when we develop a deliberate cold exposure practice. Because we are working through the emotional trauma that we need to so that we stop carrying physical armor of weight.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Carrying around extra weight is just another symptom of... Of something going on deeper inside of us.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: I wish I knew what Louise Hay says about heartburn. I'm going to have to go home and then I'm going to have to tell you what it is. Okay. Because Louise Hay, she's another one. You guys, you know I'm always recommending books and authors. Louise Hay is one of my favorites because she takes the physical symptom you're experiencing and shares with you the emotional work you're you're going through. Mm-hmm. And then she gives you a mantra. So if you have like a sty in your eye, it's because you're angry at something you're seeing
2: mm-hmm. and
0: maybe you feel helpless against it. Right. And so then your mantra is I look at the world through love and light. And the reason I believe so deeply in this is because I've healed myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I healed myself because I was willing to do the work. I was willing to do the emotional work. Mm-hmm. And like you said, with that first ice bath felt like a rebirthing. Yeah. In complex PTSD, Pete Walker talks about all the different ways that we go through rebirthing, rolfing, you know, different different types of physical experience in order to break through that emotional wall so we can heal the traumas of our past. Right. This speeds up that process.
1: And, you know, I think people out there who may feel like I've never had any trauma in life like my life's been relatively great, you know? Like I mean, whatever whatever ups and downs have come have been minor, you know? And one of the things that you and I have talked about is our lives are so much more stressful than they really should be if you think about it, based on what we know about how different past cultures have, you know, come and gone and people's roles in those cultures. I mean, look right now, I mean, here we are, it's mid-June, 2020. Mm-hmm. And we are in the middle of a serious social upheaval in our country. And frankly, it's, it's starting to become planetary. And I, that speaks to the level of stress that's around in our lives. And that stress is going to always manifest physically in everybody. Yeah. And this being in the cold, doing these ice baths, really can help people who think they don't have any major trauma. And then people who have really gone through some some stuff that this would also help them as well. I no would doubt.
0: love so much to see deliberate cold exposure as part of a practice for substance abuse recovery,
2: mm-hmm.
0: trauma recovery,
2: mm-hmm.
0: PTSD recovery. I don't know a single thing it doesn't help. Mm-hmm. I have yet to find a single thing it doesn't help yeah and over all of the plunges i've coached which now at this point are definitely i've known for quite some time i've been over a thousand i believe at this point i've got to be near in the two thousands only two times have i ever had someone say there's two different one person they only did a face dunk and they said They didn't like it. They would never do it again. But then they saw me several hours later and they were like, I did this whole self-care thing. I feel so great. I know I didn't like it, but I know it made me feel this way. And even though I'll never do it again, I know what it can do. Okay. And then the other one was our screamer. (laughs) (laughs) She did her whole two minutes. Mm -hmm. She felt amazing. She could not stop smiling, even though she told me how much she hated it. Mm Mm-hmm. She could not stop smiling and she said, Yes, I feel good. Yes, I'm glad I did it. Yes, I feel empowered. And I've checked it off my bucket list. I never have to do it again. And that's okay. Right, right. That's that's fully allowed. Mm-hmm. But in all of the other hundreds of plunges I've coached, everyone is a changed person for the better. Yeah. It you
1: know, it's unbelievable. I've I tried to have a friend come who couldn't actually make it. I have a friend coming this weekend. To volunteer for your cold coaching seminar, which I'm mm-hmm. excited about attending, it's I'm excited to see how people react to it because it people think I'm crazy,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Um, after my second plunge, um, the next morning, so I think I think my first plunge, well, like my second plunge, which I think like the first, real the yeah. real one, I think it was like a, a late afternoon. I think mm-hmm. It was like four o'clock or something. The next morning, I got up and looked in the mirror. And all, most of my cellulite had just been washed away. I guess I peed out all the water or something, you know. it My butt looked like I had been working out for six months. I took a picture and brought it to my friend at
0: work and I was like, look at my butt. <laughs> I am so glad that. you said that. <laughs> I am convinced mm-hmm. this gets rid of cellulite. Yeah. And it does it quickly it Mm -hmm. does it like in a session and i've seen the cool laser i've Mm -hmm. seen lipo i've seen guasha for this i've seen the fascia blasters Mm -hmm. i've seen the dry brushing i've seen all the different ways that we have come up with to get rid of cellulite Mm -hmm. cold plunge is the flippant answer you want to tighten your stuff cold plunge
1: you know that's again it gets back to our our spongy meat suit
0: our spongy meat soup.
1: Right? So you when you flush, yep. you have to squeeze the sponge, folks. Yeah. You have to flush it out. And so I think one of the things I find interesting as we biohack our way through the end of our lives here is people are starting to realize the mechanical manipulation of the body Yeah, is a, one of the most healthy and necessary things to do. And this is a mechanical – it's physiological also, mm-hmm. but it's also mechanical – I was in the sauna after my first two minute plunge. Mm-hmm. It felt like I was telling my mother this. i was sitting there warming up and it felt like bubble wrap popping inside of my fingers and my hands, and my palms of my hands as the blood was rushing back in. And it just was like, pop, 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 pop. And I, I could feel it.
0: Popping alive.
1: Yeah. And I was like, this is amazing. Clearly my body needs this. Mm-hmm. It needs to just, you know. It, whatever is happening as the blood is coming back in and you're having the exchange at the level of the capillaries, whatever is happening is necessary Yeah. and it's squeezing out the sponge.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Well, and we do a lymphatic flush mm-hmm. when we do this too. Think about it. You know, we're doing these detoxes. We're going through all these different processes to like flush all the toxins out of our systems. And I've heard of the different detoxes and even I have done some detoxes. Best way to detox is for your body to flush itself. Mm -hmm. Let your lymphatic system do its job and flush the toxins out of your body. Mm -hmm. And that's just another benefit of the cold.
1: Oh, my gosh. I'm just like – I feel like I'm such a cold hoe. I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take it.
0: I I love it. I love it. I love it. I do too. And I thank you so much. For coming on today, Beth. Thank you for sharing your journey. Thank you for sharing your story and your realness. I mean, this is half of what I love about our conversations is we are just no holds barred, no topic off limits. We get to just share. I appreciate it too. I
1: love speaking with you every time we visit um, before and after Mm -hmm. the plunge. And I'm so glad to be here and talk with you about this because I, I, no there's no there's no belief here this is hard
0: data yeah it works it works yeah it works definitely thank you thank you and i just want to thank all of you for sitting with us uh, for another episode and i invite you to reach out ask questions call me in tears if you have to wouldn't be the first time and i've met some really great friends that way too call me when you're in pain call me when you don't know what the answer is. Call me when you're at the end of your rope. Call me when you want to give it a try. And I just want to remind you all that if you can master your breath through the cold, you can master your mind through your life. Stay cold, cold friends. Thank you for taking the time to come along this journey of exploration with us today. You can follow us to learn more at www.moroscoforge.com, where we publish journal articles on all of your favorite deliberate cold exposure questions. You can also find us on Instagram, at Marotsko Forge, and you can hear new episodes of the Marotsko Method everywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe. And remember, when you can learn to master your breath through the cold, you can learn to master your mind through your life.